What's up, guys? It's Thanksgiving next week. Who's excited for Thanksgiving? Who's not excited for Thanksgiving? Is there anybody that's just like, my family's coming into town, my uncle's weird, and I just can't handle it? Anybody? Anybody like that? See, I grew up, I grew up in a neighborhood where like, there's like five families in our neighborhood that would get together. And we were all tight. We all liked each other. We, we had a good relationship. And, and these five families in, in this neighborhood, all the kids were friends. Like, I'm an only child. I don't have any, like, brothers or sisters by blood. But that neighborhood, like, the kids in that neighborhood were my brothers and sisters. Like, we were that close. We were that close. And so every single Thanksgiving, all five, five families would come together. And, like, each one of the families would do a turkey, a ham, and a side dish. And so it was like this huge table feast. But one of the traditions that all the men in the neighborhood, all the, all the dads and the, and the boys would get together is they would fry all the turkeys that day. You guys ever seen a turkey fry before, right? What, what it is, for those of you that don't know, is you have this like propane tank. Like you guys have seen the propane tank we use in like Pasta Brothers and stuff like that. So it's like that, except there's this cauldron of just oil. There's like four gallons of oil on a burner. And then you dip a whole turkey in the oil and you fry it. Just like, like chicken nuggets at Chick-fil-A, okay? But it's a whole turkey. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but oil is flammable. And you're putting it over one of those burners. Super smart, right? All right. And you maybe have heard stories of, of, the, of turkey explosions. I'm going to tell you one right now, okay? So when I was like 10 or 12 years old, I was somewhere around there. I was watching all the dads get together and of the neighborhood. It was my dad. It was this guy named Elmo. And we called him Elmo because he was just like, he had red skin. Like, and he, he we just, his nickname was Elmo. And he, that's, his name was Jim, but we all called him Elmo. And then there was also another dad in the neighborhood called Steve the Pirate. And he just, just, he was like the weird uncle, okay? We all loved him. We just called him Steve the Pirate. And so Steve the Pirate, Elmo, my dad, and a couple others, they all got their own turkey burners spread out in this yard. And I grew up in the mountains, and so it, the yard's covered with snow, which is a good thing if you're playing with fire, right? Good thing you're playing with fire. So all the dads get their oil all together, and um, they start their burners because you've got to get the oil to a certain temperature before you can dip the turkey in it. And one of the dads forgot, and I can't remember who it was, but one of them forgot oil. And so Steve the pirate, he takes his burner and he turns it on high to get the oil going. But then he gets in the truck with the other guy that forgot oil and left to go get oil. While Steve the pirate was gone, the thermometer in his oil went to where it was supposed to be, then all the way back around again, and then where it was supposed to be again. So it's like quadruple the amount of temperature you need. It's like over 1,000 degrees, okay? So he gets back and he's like, oh, my oil's ready. This is wonderful. And he takes the lid off and, you know, steam's pouring. I'm on the porch. I'm like a little chubby kid, and I got my Coca-Cola. I'm just watching everything happen. <laughs> they wouldn't let me in the yard yet, all right? And so I'm just, like, watching this event happen. And Steve the Pirate, he, like, he doesn't dress like a pirate, okay? We just call him Steve the Pirate. But he gets his turkey, and the turkey's, like, on this little frame. And the second the turkey touches the oil, it just catches on fire. 
the whole turkey's on fire. And Steve doesn't want to put the turkey down because he still wants to eat the turkey later. And so he's got this torch of a bird, right? And he's like, ah, oh! he's trying to put it out by swinging it. And then parts of skin is flying off like shrapnel, okay, off the turkey until finally he's, he realizes he's going to catch on fire. So he just goes, whoopoo, and throws it into a snowbank. And that goes, but the cauldron of oil is on fire still, right? So Steve almost caught himself on fire, puts the turkey out. All the other dads are just running around. Like, I don't even know what they're doing. Steve grabs the lid to his pot and just goes, boom, and puts it out. And I was like, that dude's awesome. That's why we call him Steve the Pirate, because he does crazy stuff like that. And so there's this moment of silence where all the dads are like, because <sighs> like, just fire just happened everywhere. And then all of a sudden, that pot that Steve the Pirate put out, that lid goes boom and shoots like 30 feet in the air because of all the pressure that was on it. And, and then all the oil comes out, not on fire, thank the Lord, not on fire. And it makes this, it burns all the snow and all of the grass immediately. And so then Elmo in his yard had this giant black circle in the spring. It was hilarious. It was really, really funny. But, but Thanksgiving is the time of year that we're at right now. And I want to talk about just thanking in general. It's always, it's always one of those good things to do. And you think about manners. I have a two-year-old right now, and I, we're always constantly trying to tell her after someone gives her something, what? Say thank you. And she never does it, right? Until you don't tell her to, and then she's like, thank you, and it's the cutest thing ever, and you just want to squish her face because she's so cute. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. But tonight I want to talk about this phrase that we, we say sometimes, thank God. You guys ever said that before? Thank God. And it could be after something crazy, like, thank God I didn't light myself and the turkey on fire together. But it could be something like, thank God there's candy in this world, Right? Or thank, thank, thank God I didn't uh, die in, in, in this scooter accident in 4640 or something like that. But I want to talk about three reasons why we can always thank God. Because have you guys ever been to a Thanksgiving dinner where someone at the table says, let's all say what we're thankful for? Has ever happened that to you? Raise your hand if, if your family sits down to a meal during Thanksgiving. Like you all sit at a meal. Yeah. Keep your hand up if you, if you, somewhere down during that meal, you're going to have to say what you're thankful for. A lot of us, right? That's how, that's how I, we, we've had things like that before. And this is what happened in my mind during that time. I'm like, there's this feast in front of me. All I want to do is eat it, but I have to think about what I'm thankful for. And so it, it ends up being like general stuff, like I'm thankful for family, let's go, I want to eat and stuff. But remove the distraction of the feast how do we fill in that blank? How do we fill in what we're actually thankful for from our heart? The Bible talks a lot about having thankful hearts. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. I think God wants to kindle in us a thankful heart. And it, in the Bible, it doesn't say always have a thankful heart around Thanksgiving. Or always have a thankful heart around family. The Bible says have a thankful heart always, meaning every single day. And so what are ways that we can get our hearts to start thinking thankfully? I want to talk about three we reasons we can thank God. Three reasons we can thank God. But because it's 4640, and it won't be, we won't be having service next week, we wanted to make tonight extra special. An extra special Thanksgiving slime machine service, all right, is what we wanted to give you guys tonight. 
All right? The Bible says this in Colossians 3.15, for as many, for as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Always be thankful. And I think that tonight God has something very, very special for us. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring out intern Brandon. Come on, intern Brandon. Get it for him. He's such a good sport, isn't he? Such a good sport. We're going to have you sit in this um, baby pool right here. All right. And what we're going to do, because it's Thanksgiving, is for every reason, for the three reasons I give you guys that, that we all need to thank God, we're going to add a couple ingredients of Thanksgiving dinner into the slime machine, okay? So I got two and a half gallons of cranberry sauce, all right? We got almost five gallons of gravy, two and a half gallons of stuffing, almost five gallons of mashed potatoes, three loaves of bread, and two baby chickens, okay? Be or baby turkeys, sorry. Because a, a, a 20-pound turkey probably could knock him out, and so we want, we want him to enjoy his meal, not be unconscious, all right? Be unconscious after you've eaten it all, right? So Brandon's going to get his meal just all blended up in 4640 style on his everything. All right, so that's what we're going to do. For each reason, we're going to add a couple things. I'm going to ask you guys which ingredients we should add first, but you guys need to follow my reasons with me so that we can make sure we add these um, how you guys want. So the first reason why we need to thank God is creation. Creation in general. It's mapped out from the beginning of time that God created the heavens and the earth, and he did so by speaking. He just spoke, and it existed. Genesis 1, 3 through 5 says, then God said, let there be what? Light. We've heard that before. And there was light, and God saw that the light was what? Good, that's right. And then he separated the light from the dark, called the light day, and the darkness night. All God had to do was just say, let there be light. And it was like a there was light all of a sudden. And, and then God continued to do this for, for six more days of like just speaking things into existence. And he, he spoke things like, let there be animals. And then, and then there were animals and there'd be birds in the sky and let there be fish in the sea and, and let there be, you know, all these wonderful things. And, and all of a sudden waterfalls and mountains in Utah came into existence, right? If you're into that sort of thing, okay? But God created with words. Now, one really special thing about God's creation is not just that the, the mountains are just, I mean, we live in like the best place on earth. Colorado is beautiful, beautiful. And you know, people that come to Grand Junction, people that come to Grand Junction that, that visit from others, they're like, the National Monument is so cool. And we're just like, yeah, it's like a rock that sticks out. Sweet, right? I lived in the mountains in, in Gypsum, and I would drive to Denver a lot. Have you ever driven to Denver and looked out the window? It's like Lord of the Rings, if you've ever watched that, okay? It, it's, it's crazy, really beautiful, but I would start to take it for granted. I would just be like, yeah, it's just Colorado. But then I would be reminded of how awesome it is when someone would visit and be like, I cannot believe where you live. We can drive 45 minutes and be up in the, a different ecosystem than we are right here. Like, it's, it's desert, and it's, it's like the Arizona of Colorado kind of here. But you drive 40 minutes outside of town, and you could be fishing gold medal fly fishing waters. It's really, really cool. But when God spoke things into existence, he didn't speak you. He made you. 
Like he, he made you. Like in the Bible in Genesis, it says that after he was done speaking everything into existence, the birds, the animals, the, the mountains, the waterfalls, the majestic mountains, the planet. After he made the planet, he didn't speak humans. He bent down in the clay. He made Adam with his own hands. That takes time. That takes effort. And that takes skill. And then God breathed life into Adam. And then Adam came to life. What does that tell me? That we are created more special than the most beautiful mountain range, the most beautiful waterfall or beach or sea or anything like that. Thank God I'm like him. Thank God he created us with his own hands and that we're just not off an assembly line or something like that, right? That's, that's a reason to thank God is creation. And if God, whenever he speaks, it's creating something, the truth is that creation never stopped in Genesis. It kept going every single day. God never stopped creating stuff. Think about the, the things that, who, who went to conference? Anybody go to conference here? Did, keep your hand up if, if God, if you feel like God spoke something special to you. If God spoke to you, he created something in you. He created something into your heart. Thank God. There's something new and growing that's only for you that's made by his hands that spoke into existence in your heart. Thank God that he still creates and still speaks and still moves. Simple things that we can thank him for about creation. James 1.17 says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. Meaning, every good and perfect thing comes from God. Chick-fil-A comes from God. Right there. And that's, and I think a lot of this is opinion-based too, right? Like, I, I think that steak is good and perfect and comes from the Lord. I do. If you are a vegetarian, you may not think that. You're just like, go kale. And that's your, that's your business. That's your business. All right, I don't mean to make fun. I'm just saying, like, if, if it's good and perfect, comes from God, you can thank God for that. You can thank God for that. Now, some things... Someone has an opinion of that's good, and it's not consistent with the Bible. I'm not talking about that. Some people out there may think pornography is good. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> that's not. That's not. So you have to check it with the Bible still and, and everything like that. If it leads you into sin or a sin itself, it is not good. It is not perfect, and it does not come from God. But we can thank God for the small things in our life, too. That he wants us to be thankful for every single thing. Okay. Creation is one reason to thank God. So what should we add to the slime machine of awesomeness here? Should we do, I'm hearing mashed potatoes and gravy? Mashed potatoes and gravy, come on. Hand it up to Sean. There we go. There it is. I'm actually not eating carbs right now. You're not eating carbs? This is carbolicious, my friend. Five gallons of starch right there. All right, he's gonna add that in there. It's a little watery. Oh, there's all the chunks. There it is. It's delicious, man. Delicious. And here's the gravy. Oh, some stuff settled. That's okay. We'll get it. We'll get it. Here we go. All right. There it is. Pour it in. Oh, it's, is it smelling a little rough? A little rough. Okay. Nice pouring job. <laughs> it's so chunky. 
That's parts of turkey right there. That's like tur- tur- turkey gizzards and stuff like that. All right? Yeah, a little bag that comes in the turkey that's just full of weird turkey parts. That's what's in there. All right. You solid? All right. You're going to get some turkey dinner tonight. It's going to be sweet. All right. So the first reason to thank God is creation. The second reason, second reason to thank God is Christ. First reason, creation. Second reason, Christ. And mainly, just Jesus, right? Jesus Christ. The Bible says this in John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have what? Eternal life. life. God's purpose was for the world to be saved by Jesus. That that was God's purpose from the beginning. After Adam and Eve fell, Jesus, or God immediately put in a rescue plan, and that involved Jesus coming to earth and dying for all of mankind's sins. What's crazy about that, first of all, the first reason I think that we need to thank Jesus, to thank God, is that Jesus left his glory to come to earth. Jesus, the Colossians says that Jesus was there in the beginning, that everything was created through him and for him and held together by him. And what that tells me is that Jesus was already all in his glory. And he decided to take off his, his kingly robes and be born as a baby on earth, to live life as a human when he was already all God. That's crazy to me to give up the, the, the life of, of being a part of the, the biggest, the, the creation and all this to, to, to come here. And it was all based out of love. Thank God. Thank God that Jesus decided to do that. One of the characteristics of Jesus that I think is one of the main things that he did throughout his entire ministry on earth was that Jesus was considered a healer. Jesus heals. And he heals so many different things. And so many different things of us right now, today. He still heals today. We've seen it in this very room. But I want to share a Bible story with you about one of the times that Jesus heals some people. And a lot of these people ended up not being grateful. There's a story in the Bible where about 10 lepers. Now, leprosy was a really bad disease that would cause, like, your skin to just die. Right, you get these boils and this, this messed up stuff on your skin that your cells would actually die and deteriorate and it would be, your skin would turn white and dead and start to fall off and your limbs could fall off and you would die from this very slowly. And the worst part about leprosy is it's extraordinarily contagious. Meaning if a dude with leprosy gave another guy a high five, leprosy on that hand and that hand. All right, that, that's how it was. So lepers... They weren't allowed around town. They weren't allowed in villages. They had to be outcasts from society, a lonely and terrible life. And 10 of these lepers have an encounter with Jesus. So 10 of them are on their like leprosy clique and because nobody else will hang out with them. So they have to hang out with other lepers. All right. And it was really bad. In Luke 17, this is what happens. Crying out to him, all the lepers, they say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Jesus looked at them and said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. They were free from a disease with no cure. See, leprosy had no cure. And so Jesus is saying, yeah, go show yourself to the priests and the priests would let you back into society. That's how the, the Jewish culture worked. And so as they're walking back to the priests, their skin turned normal. Their leprosy was gone and they were completely clean. 
That is a miracle. And it was just, and it was 10 of them. All of them together, this happened to every single one of them. And I would think that if I'm walking toward the priest and my leprosy is like, ding, and I'm clean, I'm going to be like, Jesus, it worked. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't, I'm not going to die slowly alone anymore. You'd think you'd say thank you after that, right? I try and get my daughter to say thank you after I give her her peas, you know? And, and I think if, if I cured cancer, someone would say thank you. But, and this was like cancer back then. It was terrible. It was a death sentence. And this is what happens. This is what happens. One of them. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Samaritans were considered half-breeds, not even all Jewish. He wasn't even one of like, God's chosen people at that point in time. He was from another country, and he was the one that came back and thanked Jesus. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. Jesus healed this man from a death sentence. And Jesus has healed every one of us from death. Every single one of us from death. See, Jesus is a healer. He is a healer. He was born here on earth perfect, and he died in the place of a murderer. He, just, he didn't deserve death. Everybody else in the world who has ever sinned, the Bible says, deserves death. But Jesus went willingly. He was beaten. He was stripped. He was nailed to a cross. He died in the place of every single person on the earth. And then three days later, because death couldn't hold him down, because he was all God and all man, he rose from the dead. And he's now seated at the right hand of God. He has healed the world. He has healed the world of death. Will you be the one that thanks him? Yes, right? Thank God that Jesus came to earth and saved my life. Thank God that Jesus would do the the miraculous, the impossible for me. Thank God that that is something that he would do. See, Jesus heals every single one of us. Colossians 3.16 says, let the message about Christ, meaning the entire gospel, what Jesus did, he was perfect, he died, he rose again for my heart, for your heart. Let that message in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with what? Thankful hearts. See, God wants our hearts to be thankful, to continue to thank him always. And so the first reason is creation. The second reason is Christ. So let's put some more Thanksgiving dinner in our slime machine. Right? All right. So we got cranberry sauce? Cranberry sauce and stuffing? Okay. Cranberry sauce and stuffing. I like it. Yes, you do. It'll taste a lot like everything else afterward. So it's okay. Delicious. <laughs> All right. And here's the stuffing. This stuff's super chunky. Oh, you did the stuffing. This is the cranberry. Oh, it's super chunky. There it is. There it is. Nice. 
<laughs> All right. So, first reason, creation. God creates, still does. Second reason, Christ. Jesus died, rose again for us. The third reason is the comforter, meaning the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself said how important it was for Holy Spirit to come and be with us. John 14, 26 says this, but when the Father sends the advocate, and that is another word for the Holy Spirit, as my representative, and this is Jesus talking, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So the first thing that I wanna say about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit isn't an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Holy Spirit is a third of God. There's Father, the Creator, there's the Son, Jesus, and there's the Holy Spirit. Absolutely a he and not an it. There's a lot of, there's this tradition around a lot of Christianity that says that we need to objectify, meaning just treat the Holy Spirit like an object that we can just pick up when we need and we can put it down when we need and only has one role. That is a bold-faced lie. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit living inside of you. Remember how I said that that Jesus ascended and rose? He's up there talking to God about you right now, and the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And you can hear all the conversation going on between God, Jesus, and he, the Holy Spirit, is who works in our lives. Those of us that have heard words from God, Holy Spirit's the one that delivers them. And it's from the Father. It's all through, through through the Holy Spirit the Father speaks. It was through the Holy Spirit that Jesus was able to do his miracles and to be able to do all the stuff that he did. The Holy Spirit is a he, and he is after you. He's after every inch of you. The Amplified Bible talks about what, Um, gives us some clues on on some roles the Holy Spirit plays um, in our lives. And this is John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, all right, one thing, one thing the Holy Spirit does, he helps us. He helps us through the trials. He helps us um, through through hard times, through good times. He helps us uh, think about uh, what we need to think about opposed to what Satan wants us to think about. He, He helps us. Another thing that he does is he comforts us. He's a comforter. In, in, in your darkest time, in the tragedies that happen around life, whether it's, it's our friends that take their own lives or our parents or get divorced or anything like that, there's no one on earth that can comfort you like the Holy Spirit can. You can literally feel the arms of God around your heart. And the, the, the loneliness can melt away like the lie that it is only through the Holy Spirit. Let's get that verse back up there. Um, It's also an advocate, meaning the Holy Spirit has your back. The Holy Spirit has your back, and he will talk to to God um, for you. And it's called a a prayer language, and it's really awesome. And if you have any questions about that, I can't get into it tonight. But please come talk to one of us um, pastors about it. But the Holy Spirit will pray a perfect prayer on your behalf and advocate for you. He's an intercessor. It's the same type of thing as praying. A counselor, the good voice in your head, the good voice that comes from from your spirit, from your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. Encouraging you the good thing. This next one I love. He's a strengthener. Man, I feel weak. And if I tap into the Holy Spirit, what God's doing in my life, all of a sudden I have strength in my hands again. I have strength to walk through the, the battle and the crap that Satan's trying to throw at me. He strengthens you and he will always stand by you. Always. The end of this verse says, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. I love that that the Holy Spirit will always be close to you, close to you. So we thank God.
for creation. We thank God for Christ. And we thank God for the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. So let's top off the slime machine here. All right. Some bread. Let's break bread. There it is. You can throw it up there. All right. And then we got our baby turkeys. All right. Baby turkeys. He took a bite. It's good. It's delicious. Right on. He's, got, he's, he's putting them in there. Oh, I heard it plop. <laughs> I heard it plop. Oh, that's gross. That's really gross. It's good. All right. So as, as they come down and, and we get ready, um, Brandon, don't pull the rope yet or anything. Um, but what I do want to do, I think we need to get the rope back on track of where it needs to be too, fellas. I do want to end with this. And Brittany talked about it um, during worship. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances. How hard is it to be thankful in all circumstances? I mean, imagine your friend just betraying you. That's a circumstance. Is that easy to be thankful in? No. But what if this happened? What if in the midst of a betrayal or the midst of a tragedy or whatever it is, whatever circumstance you're in, you realize God created me, Jesus saved me, and the Holy Spirit is with me. Is it better, is it easier to be thankful now? Yeah. All of a sudden there's hope, all of a sudden there's love, all of a sudden there's peace, and you can thank God for that in any circumstance, and that is what the Bible says. That's what Jesus calls us to do, is to have thankful hearts wherever and whenever and always. So before Brandon eats his meal, we need to say thanks. We need to, we need to bless this meal, right? We need to say grace. That's what we're gonna happen, all right? So everybody put your hands out toward Brandon, all right? Jesus, thank you for this meal that Brandon is about to partake in. I pray for his safety, Lord, and that nothing will knock him out or hit him in his area. God, I pray that just there's, there's, there's chunks in there, you know? God, I pray, Jesus, that you, that you can bless this meal. God, and above everything else, I pray that you can hear our thank you. God, thank you for creating us. Jesus, thank you for saving our hearts for saving our lives, that we live forever with you. Holy Spirit, thank you for covering every inch of us. Thank you, God, for everything that you've done, everything that you are doing right now and everything that you will do in the future. Thank you for Thanksgiving. Amen. All right, Brandon. It is, it's time. Everybody get your phones out. You're gonna wanna see the chickens hit them in the face. Um, the baby turkeys, right? You ready? All right, let's get, can we, can, we, can we give a countdown? All right, now, hey, after he's done, I got something else. So after it splats, you guys cheer and everything, but I got something extra too, okay? So on, on three, right, or we do a five. Let's do a five. Ready? Five! Four, three, two, one! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, your, your mouth wasn't open. What happened? 
Give it up for Brandon. Well done. Well done. It looks like someone vomited Thanksgiving over here. All right, one thing I want to do real quick, though, I also want to, I also want to thank our awesome blue team for everything they do, right? Yeah. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.